This is a Hive Mind Studio production. Hello, gods and goblins, deities and deviants, and my fellow what the fucks. You're listening to Playing with Advantage, an informative podcast about the various aspects and origins of the tabletop role playing genre. I, as always, am Kenneth Moffat, a.k.a. the Southern GM, and with me we have Mr. Brody, Elder Fenris. Hello. And James the Great Bardwell. How are you, sir? How you doing? I'm doing good. All right. <laughs> Went a little New York there for a second. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, as always, we want to thank you all for joining with us today as we're going to be discussing a topic that's kind of interesting, and it's one that we normally do the, the uh, perspective of the dungeon master or the player. This is a topic, well, several topics, where it's kind of a, goes hand in hand with each other. And that is uh, immersion. Uh, help me out here. Is investment. I, investment. And what's the third I? I don't know. Innovation. 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 Okay. <laughs> you got to be quicker than that, bro. Come on. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know it was my it turn. But yeah, so in investment, immersion, and innovation. Uh the various, and like I said, these are three things that uh, every role-playing game either should have or will eventually have, and it's a a topic that both relies on the player and the dungeon master to really to really pull it off. The first one we'll be talking about is investment. Now, what do we mean when we say investment, James? So, um, investment. First of all, if if your players get invested in your game. You're going to have one better story, better role play, um, and something that I know all DMs crave secretly in their tiny dark hearts, uh, attendance. Yes. Investment from players will help attendance enormously. Um, And kind of like what what I mean by investment is that uh, your players feel as if part of them is tied up in what is going on with the story. Um, They're able to, you know, be fulfilled when the story feels like it's being fulfilled, you know, and that, that creates, that creates a whole lot of involvement. So some of the principles of investment and like, I used to work for a fortune 500 company. And one of the things uh, real quick, I'll I'll tell you a story. Um, I worked for Rent-A-Center. And please don't hate me. It was like, I apologize. <laughs> I literally went on an apology tour when I left that industry. But one of the things that you can do at rent center to get a sale is they would let you like give people the first couple of weeks just for free on something. Sign this paper, take it home, and then you can pay for it over you know the rest of your life with all of your money. And believe it or not, a lot of times when we would do that, the people, we would wind up just picking the merchandise back up because they had no investment yeah. in it. We, one of our, one of our general managers came down and talked with us about investment. And, you know, as much as I, I don't like that industry, he was right. If you have people pay a little something up front when they get the merchandise, they keep it yeah. because they're invested. So there's kind of like a cost value relationship with investment. Um, there's also like another principle of investment is shared responsibility. Um, and like, I've got some issues of how these can kind of affect your game and be used in your game. Um, and the last kind of principle that that I know that I use is the affirmation reward principle. Yes. So if, if a player does something good, if if they've if they have become invested, if something if they've done something good, reward that play in some way. Well, one things that people really commonly do for the affirmation reward is describe your kill. Yeah. 
like, you know, every lots of DMs kind of like they really agonize over what's my tagline for when a player kills something and I let them describe it. Yeah, because unfortunately we can't just all, for those of us who stream anymore, we can't just say, how do you, you want to do, do this? this? Yeah, that one's uh, that one's pretty famous. There's some DM guy some, out there that weird does that a lot. Some guy that like, yeah. I know the one I've kind of picked up and used is a tell me how it happens or how does this happen yeah. kind of. One of my favorites, uh, I actually believe Seth, I think it's Seth that does this. How does his stories in your hand or how does your story, how does his story end? I like that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I liked it too because it prompts for like a cinematic kind of descriptive moment. Yeah. And not everybody's into that, but when you have an idea of your character and you feel like you're trying to carry that idea out and it has some big impact on the story, it doesn't always have to be you killed something. Yeah. But when the DM looks at you and he says that thing that he says, which means you've done well, what does that look like? That's affirmation. And that's that's really something that people crave for in their everyday life. And it's no different within the game. I still don't like mine. What's well, yours? Tell me about your victory. I like that. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. I mean, yeah. I, I'm work, I'll workshop it. I, I, uh, may I pro offer what here? Send it to Valhalla. Send it to Valhalla. That's pretty dark, but I kind of like that too. So now, how, uh, you actually mentioned like a way to reward that is like you basically you're giving over narrative control. And recently, I've been uh, like just shotgunning uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan's Never After campaign on Dropout, which is an amazing campaign, like this dark, grim fairy tale. And a lot of times, what he does is he'll just go, "Okay, cool. I'm going to hand over narrative control right now to you." How and he will give full narrative control to the player as as their character in the moment. And I like that. Again, it's the moment of you you trust them enough and you know that they are invested enough mm-hmm. that they're not going to do something weird and run off with your story. Yeah. They want their character to progress. And that's a very cool way to do that by just going, okay, I I am as the dungeon master, I'm very limited in what your your character knows. So here, here is the remote, here is the control. Run with it for a moment. What's going on? And it's a very cool thing. That also leaves a, a huge amount of trust yes. between the DM and the players for, to do that as well. See, I feel like that like that trust is where the cost value part of it comes in. Yes. Um, so for, for cost value, for me, that starts with the backstory. I always have my characters write a little something. Like you don't you don't have to write a lot, but you I was have about to say define a little there. <laughs> well, I mean, like me personally, I I write 14 page backstories. Like if I'm playing in your game. You're going to have to study. I'm yes. sorry. Because like I am, I am okay paying that cost Yes, because it builds value to my character. I mean, I put something into that and I, I always, you can ask Brody about this. He's ran a lot of games for me. I purposefully leave all kind of dangling things in my backstory um, for them, for them to mess with. It's I just, like threads to pull on. It's just mm-hmm. occurred to me. We've never like from a dungeon master's perspective done. What do we look for in a backstory? Like, what's the kind of like tips for writing a backstory as a dungeon master? We never done that episode. That would be kind of interesting, but yeah, that's different. But see, I I love I, as much as I like to at you as you say, James, about your you know novella backstory. Oh yeah, as a dungeon master, I love those. I do yeah. too because I can go wait. This is oh, that's a great idea. I can put this into my I world. Pull this I can I pick can pull this. this. These two can merge together and interact, and it just it builds it builds world, it builds immersion, it builds, and that helps to build uh, investment. So I'm, I'm going to ask you guys something here. And again, there's nothing wrong with either one of these things I'm about to put out. It's part of it is, you know, just your preference. But as far as building trust, if I were to give you a three sentence backstory with just some mechanical basics of my character, or I gave you a 14 page backstory, 
Which one of those would build more trust in you possibly affirming or rewarding me with handing over the reins like you were talking about in that, in that moment? Honestly, if now I have seen, and I have seen, especially with newer players, they who have not written a backstory before, two or three sentences. And that's fine. That's fine. But it does, like, if, because there's also, I want to do a flip side, there's also a flip side of this point. I like to see that my players have put thought and mm-hmm. put yes. a, like some idea of into their backstory, how it would play in a world similar to this. Cause I normally give a, like an outline of what's going on in the world, what kind of world it is. Is there fantasy? Is it more mechanical? That kind of stuff. And they, you know, they'll write a more in-depth backstory. Now I have seen them write backstories where again, we talk about like, you know, uh, they invented this, you know, new kind of way to to sell ships. Uh, they killed a dragon when they were five years old, and I'm like, dude, you're you're level one. I, I understand. I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. Yeah, let's let's scale it back a little bit. You need bit. to make this match a level one character. Well, let's make this match a level one character. Now you will get there eventually, but right now, let let's hope. But yeah, I would be more comfortable giving narrative control to somebody who has put more thought into the narrative than someone who maybe is not does not have as much. Uh, experience. Now I've had games where they start like, you know, a two or three sentence backstory. Then as the game progresses, they're like, Hey, remember my backstory? I mentioned a little thing like this. Well, I want it to be this and they, they'll expound upon it and they, they grow and build yeah. and that goes along. I believe that those like newer players who will do the, like, you know, just a few sentences yeah. again, perfectly fine. I'm not talking about a right or a wrong here. I'm talking about kind of like a little tip, how to show the DM. Hey, here is here is trust from me because I'm taking this seriously. Yes. Like the cost of this to me was was all of this. So you know the value because again, there's an association between cost and value. Things that cost you something have more value to you than things you get for free. Very that's true. just that's just our nature. A lot of story beats that I use for my campaigns come from the player's backstories. Oh, most definitely. When they, when y'all sprinkle in that, you know, that salt and pepper, that seasoning, all that good mixture in there, those extra spices and sauces, <laughs> that's when I go, ooh, I'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and sprinkle here and there. And, and like make Moffitt a spicy was, meatball. <laughs> yeah. Like Moffat was saying, oh, so-and-so did something similar. Well, they're going to get connected whether they knew it or not. And they're going to be surprised at this, this, connection that they didn't know was there sometimes like that it works out and sometimes it doesn't but uh you were talking about uh investment and one of the things um that me personally this is just me personally my investment comes from my level of interest Mm -hmm. in in the campaign now that's a that's a good third eye. It should have been yeah. That folks, the the title of this is now uh, investment immersion and interest. There we go. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Brody. Re, uh, retitled. We're good. <laughs> like if if I go into a campaign and I know a little bit about the setting or whatnot, that's what's going to catch me first. And that may be just my ADHD riddled brain. My interests are very specific and tailored. So certain things are like yeah, that that seems fun. Like you know, I'd make a character and play in that, but you know, my heart's not one hundred percent in it. Now somebody comes to me and they're like, here, here's the, the story. This is how it begins. And this is what the world is like. Magic is dead. And like, oh, okay. I'm, my interest is peaked. How mm-hmm. did magic die? How do we get it back? Just something just out there like that. The or gods have fallen. That, that kind of yeah, stuff. The, the first uh, uh, session zero is uh, one of the gods literally falls from the sky and dies right there in front of you. And you're like, Oh, oh God! I'm into this story now. What is happening? (laughs) 
Well, it's like, it's like, uh, for those younger generation, there are these things called books. Uh, it's like the, are those are those like the manual iPads? Yeah, the that manual one? iPads. Okay. Yeah. Manual iPads. Ma- manual Kindles. It's yeah. like the Windows. You have to do the thing to roll them down Rolls instead down. of pushing the button. It's it's the book version of that. <laughs> so uh, on the back of on the back of books, there is a simple kind of like synopsis. It doesn't give away anything, but it's there to to kind of draw your interest to want you to invest in this book. And to me, since kind of like talking about backstories, that's what the backstories can do. They you 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 read the backstory, or you're you know from the GM's perspective, or as the the player, you hear that first sort of like couple minute uh, summary of what the world's going to be, and it's in that moment you go, okay, yes, I want to invest in this. I want to invest my time, my energy. In some cases, I want to invest my money into this. Or you can go, nah, that's not for me. Because the the worst thing in the world is during the middle of a game for a player to go, man, I'm just, I'm not feeling this. I, I've tried. I've, I've just, I'm not feeling it. And even if they put so much into it, or I've seen games where players who kind of feel like, well, I have to play because I've become such a part of this group and without me, this, that, and the other, and they're just forcing themselves to go along. And it's, it's not a great thing to happen. Don't force yourself. Yeah. Like I, I, I kept mentioning things from like players point of view, right? For investment. But like, I think what you said there with interest is like a beautiful gym just now kind of uncovered for me thinking that's from a DM's perspective. That's how a DM can coax a care, a player towards investment is you play to their interest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, you know, running the store here, I've run across lots of DMs or hopeful D- GMs that were super excited about their setting but it was a them thing. They were excited about it and they they struggled to find characters or players that were as excited about it as they were. Um, and that kind of affects the game. I think that when you're getting ready, if especially if it's a long-term campaign, not so much for like one shots or yeah. whatever, but if you're looking to do a long-term campaign, kind of try to make sure that you are finding people that have a similar interest in what you're doing. Um, we, just, we just had one of our new DMs here, uh, Billy, start up a game it's a low magic Western setting, um, and I have huge interest for it. I wish I had enough time to play yeah, it. I know if if I had the free time on my schedule, I would love to have played that as well. Because he started up this week, like and I like I'm doing con prep work, and I was just so jealous because yeah. I'm sitting in there painting Nobody stuff. Nobody lets me play Gunslinger. I <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> Howdy, ma'am. My name is Jonah Six String. <laughs> I love Jonah. Oh my god. Uh, actually, and it's kind of it says because uh, we're you know we're mentioned there are th- kind of three subjects in this topic, and as I've been sitting here thinking we're talking about them, I realize that they're they're cyclical. They're they're it's a cycle. One will lead to the other, and because with investment, if a character, if a player gets really invested into the story, into the world, that will lead to immersion, which is there like mm-hmm. it happened this past Sunday where I was in you know as a DM I was in an NPC character. And I mentioned something kind of offhanded and all of a sudden three people go, wait a second. And they like start pulling out notes and going back and start cooperating notes and realizing this. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, Oh, you guys, if you've ever had a good, as a GM, if you've ever had a good note taking uh care player in your group, that is like one of the most affirming things for a GM because someone is scribing oh, the yes. story that you guys are all telling. And like Nicole for us, 
Like, I don't know if you've ever just looked at Nicole's notes, but dear God, it just looks like, like she's I, prepping a novel. Like I come in, I, I'm, I, I try to be a decent note taker and I, I don't, I, I'm kind of very generic in my notes, but I would love like during that first game we played with Jeff where something would mention like me and Nicole would like just start. Where's yeah, it? you Where guys are like dueling pages across the table. I'll get there first. I'll get there first. <laughs> Sometimes uh, in the studio, I'll walk back there and I'll when no one else is back there, I'll thumb through everybody's little notebooks. And- oh, I apologize because mine's all shorthand. <laughs> well, I am the worst note taker because I will take a note and I'll, I'll look at it and think, yeah, that's enough. I'll know. And then next week I come down and it's like, what who's I, been writing in my book? What is this? What I, I just like this? seeing what y'all write. And it's, yeah, it, when I flip through some of y'all's, it's like, what the hell does that mean? That's <laughs> mean. That's like, I'm targeted. It's like you've got, cause the, 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 the story about you have DMs, you can just write, you know, uh, frog in top hat with cane and get an entire story off of that. Then you got these, these note takers who write like three pages just to describe, you know, one's one interaction with a random NPC. But the a big thing, because to me, immersion. I love the. It's that moment when, like, I say like that, or, or God's forbid, when an NPC goes down or or something happens. Like, I, I can give a perfect example of immersion right now in a single word: horrendous. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's immersion. That's investment. That is interest. That oh is, yeah, uh, that that good NPC that really just catches the whole party. Folks, if you'd like to know what we're talking about with Arendus, then please go check out the Stagande Saga, Scars of Midgarp on YouTube, and follow up the adventures of, y'all really need to get a name for your group. They're, They're working, working on, on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have prodded that out, uh, off camera like, That is times. not the first time we've heard that. <laughs> Trust me. But, but that's, that's immersion. Branding people. Branding. 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 But yeah, the name for the group. That's immersion. Like we did T-shirts for uh, the game that Jeff was running, yeah, the, Midward the, the Midward Marshals. Like we had T-shirts made and everything, and we all wore them and stuff. It's like my my natural ones. That that was that wasn't that was them. Like where they were sitting, they talking, man, we really need to get like a uh, a a name or a title. There was like all these weird things, and there was one session before we started. It was like right around the time we started filming, where everybody in that session rolled at least two nat ones in the night, and somebody just went, well, "We should just call ourselves the Natural Ones." That and that was it. Yeah. That was, it was perfect. And now their whole thing is, so you're the guys to the job? Naturally. Ah, <laughs> I like that. That is great. So there was something uh, a friend of mine uh, asked me once before, and I hope they're listening. They, they usually listen to, to, the, to the show. Uh, so I hope your ego doesn't swell when I mention this. Shout but, out to random friend. <laughs> they... I was talking about, you know, Stagande before, before, this was actually before we started the second campaign. Yeah. And I was talking about how convoluted things were and how hard it is for me to describe the setting because there's been a lot of confusions like, oh, this is like Odin and Thor. Like, no, this is after Ragnarok. They're all dead. And they're like, oh, well then who are the old gods you keep mentioning? Like, yeah, it's a lot to explain. And they, they asked, they said, let me pose a question to you. Uh, how would you sell me this? How do you sell the story to me? Sell it to me right now. I was like, oh. Hmm. And then I had to, I sat and thought, what is the best way to summarize this? How do, how do I get across to you in a short, limited amount of information to engage your interest? Like we were talking about. And that, that prompt made me stop and think, yeah. okay, how do I make this better? More, I hate to even say this, more consumable. But how do I, how do I pique your interest to go? Oh, 
I want to be a part of this yeah. now. Let me write you that 14 page backstory. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I recently, and I, like I've I said before on here that I have like, my world has become so much more now and I've got it to the point where the, the name that I've had for it for so many years, kind of as, like as a placekeeper name didn't fit to me anymore. So fake terror has become Zendris and there's this whole big thing with that. But that was like that. Well, what if, if I want somebody to play in this world, like how, how do I, and I started, I literally just like started writing stuff down, like in a world where during a where we're in a world, in a world, in a world, in a world where a war between gods, men, and Titans have shattered a continent and left scars and wounds that echo across aeons. Adventurers go forth seeking fame and fortune. What they may find is a horror that will just devour them and rend the souls from their bodies. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I, I went a very, very easy route for interest. Uh, the most consistent game that I've ran is this is the second year of it. Um, it's just an alternate reality based out of Magic the Gathering. So, like, I've got good story there, yeah. established characters, and a whole shop full of people who have an interest <laughs> in that world. Really? There are people here who play Magic the Gathering? What there's, is that? There's a few. It seems to be catching on, this yeah. little thing called Magic. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and that's that's worked great. Like I could literally fill a table anytime I want to fill a table. And it like just for GMs out there looking to get a game started, remember to kind of be flexible. Yeah. Um and and try to play to the interests of the the audience you're targeting, the people you want at your table. Uh flex things that are flexible bend, things that aren't flexible break. Yes. So kind of try to keep that in mind when you're working up getting your character, your players involved. You mentioned GMs because a big thing for immersion, immersion just isn't on the player's aspect. If you aren't immersed in the game and the story you're telling, your players will pick up on that. Yes. So find ways to like immerse yourself in the world. Yep. Uh, find ways that you can keep the story fresh and exciting to you, which while that does kind of, you know, fall on your, your players and yourself. Again, this, these are all kind of like they go hand in hand where it's not just on one specific side. Because immersion, if you lose immersion, if you find that moment where that somebody just is like, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I, I, you know, this, this, this game, this story, you know, that, that sweet little girl with, uh, with the, the, the amber tint to her eye. I don't care about her. She doesn't mean anything to me. When you lose those, when that moment where immersion is lost, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to get back because you can, because at that point I've. When I first started DMing, I had a game where somebody lost. You could tell they weren't feeling my world. So I started just throwing things at them. I literally, like, basically gave them the keys of the kingdom. And it just, instead of taking them aside and going, what's up? Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk this out. What's the way that I can get you back into the game? Uh, maybe a new character, something, a new feel, that kind of thing. I literally just, I, I made them gods and it ruined my game. Yeah. It, it, mm. was, it was, yeah, that, that was... I've learned a lot of lessons since then. Time for the apocalypse. Time for the apocalypse. Yeah, the, uh, you mentioned Arendus. Like we, we were really pulled into being invested in Arendus simply because Brody put us between her and this horrible fate. Yeah. Right, and so because we were doing things, our characters were spending their time on it and everything. We were very invested in that NPC. As someone who has gone back and watched those, I can tell the moment when that group became invested in horrendous. Uh, it wasn't during the fight; it was the Chopping. moment you mentioned she had no shoes. <laughs> That's when they were just like, 
it was that moment where they had where they had to actually out of game in in game sort of spend they had to invest in this npc literally yeah yeah and i was like yep there it is that was the when you can get your players to like spend their hard earned gold and like in, in my uh the natural ones game there is one of the the young dragonborns named Yorox that has kind of like, he's the older of the four and they've bought him armor. They've got him an actual, like a, a, a legendary item sword that is waiting for him when he finishes his training to be a fighter. And it's, it's the greatest thing because I'm like, this is, this is just a random piece of my imagination that they have like, and they're talking about like, you know, well, sending these kids to school. They've built them a training course. The the youngest one who's showing an affinity for magic, we can send her to a private tutor. And I'm just like going, this, I don't want to forget my story. Let's talk about these kids some more. This is great. <laughs> See, I, one of the one of the most encouraging uh, marks of investment for me recently is when we finished that uh, Midwood Marshalls game and like we get updates. Like I know you and Nicole talk a lot yeah, about the kids and stuff and like... <laughs> Like these, we finished the game, but our fireside chat, like we still talk about the characters, yeah. like what's going on with the kids. Like I, I got a message the other day that, uh, I already and Iris's, uh, kids were coming to visit uncle Theseus yeah, that's- and I was like, okay, cool. I need to plan some stuff for us to do, you know? And that's just like, that is the epitome of investment. It carries on even past the, the event itself. We were talking about like, what would it be really cool? Like if all the marshals got together in like the future with the kids and, you know, all these other like high nobility, they have all these bodyguards that go with them. They, you know, these armored people that are supposed to protect them. Why don't, why don't your parents ever have bodyguards and somebody tries to attack them at this point? It's just like, oh, that that's why. Because that's like, a bad idea. Like, I'll get like, it's like, I love, I love uh, Night Rain. If you're listening to this, I love all just the random prompts you send me. What if this happened? And then we just go into this big discussion about what would happen to the marshals. And it's great. I love it when a player will randomly text me out of the blue and say, can I do this? Or I would like to spend, start spending time doing this at X, Y, and Z thing, or so-and-so is doing this. I've noticed them in game doing this. How can I approach them to do this? And I'm like, Hmm, okay. You've been thinking outside of the game. I like it when you do that. I get a lot of my, my discord, I get a lot of questions like, Hey, you mentioned this about the world. What is that? How would that apply to this? Or, you know, uh, I'm the, the Dragonborn characters, like you mentioned that in uh, Kralat, where the Dragonborns are, that there is a, uh, the system of government is like a, a monoc- um, monitorial Senate. You mentioned this, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a meritocracy. So how did the king, you know, the Primarch and this kind of stuff. And I'll be honest at the time, I'm like, I don't know. So now I have to, I'm like, okay, well let's build my world more. So then he, that is actually like allowed more, uh, more immersion to allow more investment on his part. And this, it, it kind of, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Give me some time, please. <laughs> uh, like as a, like from a DM perspective, as far as interest and investment, your players want to help you yes. make a world. Like, yes. and the more you allow that, the more you, you know, cultivate and culture that the, the more interested and invested they're going to be. And you're going to wind up two years after a campaign still talking about those characters and Hey, let's do a one shot and catch up with everybody and that kind of stuff. <laughs> or even three years later, still yeah. talking about another campaign. Like I, f- I found out that one of our, ca- one of my characters from like the first campaign I ever played with Brody and ran for like three years. Um, but I found out that like he's, he's a dwarf. He's old enough. He's still alive in the current iteration of the game. 
And I'm like super, super, super excited to see what has happened with the orphanage he's been running. This butcher? Yeah, this is butcher. Yeah. <laughs> you that's said my guy. dwarf. I'm like, that's butcher. That's butcher. I've only ever played the one dwarf ever. <laughs> like the whole time I've been playing DD, I always kind of shied away from like dwarves, gnomes, like, you the know, small folk. Yeah. Like I just, it hasn't been super relatable to me because I've been a big guy my whole life. So I'm just, I was just worried I wouldn't get it, you know? See, I'll admit, I normally tend to lean more toward like human or I'll go maybe like like half orb. I, I'm also like that. But the the that one shot that Nicole ran where I played uh, I played a halfling, I'll admit, it was kind of fun. Well, everybody at that table. So like I almost exclusively play humans or some elf variant. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm very much a, you know, humanoid as close to human as I can be. I played an Aarakocra in that. Just out of and everybody field. was, everybody was like, you're playing Damn. an Aarakocra? I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I can try new things. That was my reaction. Cause I was <laughs> like, James is always just playing like humanoid or close to human variant characters. Me, if I'm a player, I'm going weird. I'm like, give me a kobold. <laughs> give me, give me something non-human. I played a biblically accurate Asimar. Yeah, that was. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to be me. I want to be something different. I think the weirdest I've ever done was for the, uh, the like little, like three session, uh, spell jammer. I played a turtle, which is, it's like, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> having, having natural RAC of a 17, got like a 20 movement speed. Just hang on. I'm coming. I have to admit, I had a lot of fun playing my B.A. Baracus oh, bird because he's basically B.A. from the A team as flies. an air coker. Yeah, but he flies. The irony. <laughs> like, because my, my guy was, uh, was, uh, was Penguin Tough Kettle. Uh, and he talked like this, sir. He was a very help. He was very helpful. He was. He just was a very lovely guy that wanted to be very helpful. And he, he was sorry he had to hit you with his frying pan. He was, but it's very nice. <laughs> All right, Samwise. <laughs> my my air coker's name was Woodrow Perkpecker. <laughs> or we, Woody for short. Can, can we say that? On the- <laughs> it's just a last name. Well, most last names are indicative of what people do. So you know. Yes, uh, I just you know let me let, let me never uh, never let me come ag- across a guy named you know Mister Neckbreaker or something or <laughs> Mister oh, uh, you know Hot Rod Through Eyes something like that. Just yeah, uh, this is our captain, Captain Neckbreaker. Oh, <laughs> Spine Snapper. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Turns out he's just a florist. Actually, that's the thing. I think of that. I go to the movie Stardust with um, Robert De Niro's character, uh, Captain Shakespeare. Me, I think wonderful. You know, turn of the century. Uh, a novelist, everyone else, they hear Shakespeare. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that took a turn. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> we've gone off on a tangent on this one. But I again, mean, it's, it's still it's, it's, it's kind of relevant. Immersion. You know, we can fit most things under immersion. Yeah, it's and that's that's really cool. What are some what are some tips that you guys have to build immersion? Like to to want to the the line you cast your players to draw them into your story. So. Up until I met Brody, I was a complete theater of the mind player. And I have had some incredibly immersive theater of the mind games. Like there are some people out there who can really just weave that, yes. you know, especially when I was growing up, you know, more books, less iPads. Right. So the, the, the immersion from that was pretty strong. However, I will say one of the simplest, easiest to do things to get your character, your players immersed in their characters in the world is used terrain and miniatures. It helps so much being able to see exactly where things are, kind of what they look like. You can get ideas from the scenery around you. 
that, that's that's the thing because like before like before the uh the the kind of the the, the GM who taught me with GURPS we were doing uh heated terrain before that it was just you know theater of the mind the troll approaches you and attacks you that kind of stuff but the moment you put that three dimensional variant you put the those markers you're like there's a table there right yeah could could I jump off the table and try to get an advantage on the attack yeah wait that's my guy there surrounded by all those enemies. Oh crap! Or wait, that's my friend surrounded by those enemies. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm coming up. You know that it 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 brings it that changes in. things. It, it changes, changes the yeah. variant. I've started printing like tons of scatter stuff. Like I have these little crates with wine bottles that you can like pull out of them. You just set them on the yeah, counter God, of the bar or whatever. Great. Like all that kind of stuff because the character be like, well, I'm going to take one of those wine bottles and I'm going to steal it and drink it, or I'm going to hit that guy with one of those wine bottles. You know, it's just it it helps prompt people. Well, let's look at another another you know a very uh, well-known avenue for role-playing games or video games. Look at the Fallout series. How much immersion you get just because you can literally design your character. Yeah. Or the other side of that, the reason why I love like the Halo game so much is you are Master Chief. Like you never see his face. So it's always, well, it's me. I am Master Chief. I put the helmet on. That's that kind of stuff. I was so mad when they cast the TV series. I was like, that guy looks nothing, nothing like, like me. me. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's that a... a Give your players some way to connect to what's going on on the board in the story. Some visual aspect will pull immersion in. I'm actually having trouble trying to recall what I use to uh, cast the net, as you said, to draw my players in. Like some of them, I know they were just kind of given, like sign me up. And that's just because they've played with me for years. But I'm having trouble recalling what it is that drew... So for me, um, I was looking to play something uh, not D&D. Um, and I had mentioned that to Charles, who's a shop owner at Haven at the time. And he was like, well, you see that guy over there? He runs an alien game. And I went and I asked you about the aliens game. And like, it sounded very different from D&D. And my interest was piqued at because of the passion you had for it. Like the way you talked about it and the way you described the game and everything... One, I could tell you really knew what you were talking about. Um, and two, you just exuded passion for that genre. And for somebody to be that passionate about something, it's almost impossible for them to do a bad job of it. So for me, the passion you had for the subject is what pulled me into it. Yeah, that's a good one. Being confident, I guess, and what you're, you're trying to um, get interest in is a good... Yeah. Uh, a good point. Confidence is attractive. Yeah. Like it, it just, it really is. I mean, cause I can sit here and go, yeah, the movie was about these, these like four f- friends from the backwoods. They, this one old guy gave him this piece of jewelry or something. And they, they met up with uh, this like spoiled rich kid from the forest, a short bearded guy with a lot of anger issues. And this weird dude that sat in the corner and smoked a pipe the first time. I'm just, you can already <laughs> see what I'm describing, right? <laughs> But the way I'm describing there, there's as me going, you know, I can take it take that other direction and go, yeah. Okay. So there, there's this movie, right? It's this, this great story. There are these extraterrestrial forces who have had an eye for the human humanity for so many years. They've gone through so many different iterations and finally they found the perfect plan. They're going to come and resurrect every dead person. They're going to reincarnate every soul and it's, it's, it's this great, this, like they take over the body, this one guy that he's, it's amazing. Um, 
And and I, I swear you can't even tell like that the the main actor died halfway through. There it was just such a a great spark. I'm describing Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is the worst movie of all time. I was sitting there going, "What what is this?" Like, well, yeah, that's the plan. Aliens, re- aliens resurrect zombies. That's the main part of it. That sounds dumb. It is. It's, it's folks go watch Plan Nine from Outer Space. The, However, by the way, this I, is Plan Nine. This is the one they went with. I, like I was into it. Like when you were describing, I was like, oh, "That sounds cool." And then now y'all are talking about, it. I was like, "Never mind." So yeah, <laughs> like, it's, passion is infectious. Passion, yeah, it's yeah. infectious. And it's that moment if you're behind the screen and you're like getting into it, you're smiling, you're reacting to your players. Like you're leaning in, yes, my friend, please come into my shop. Uh, the, as the troll swings down upon you, that massive club, as your sword comes across his gut, spilling out and you're building as opposed to, yeah, 27 hits, roll damage. 12 damage. 12 damage. damage. All right, your turn. Return. Yeah, yeah, there's a big difference there. You as the, and it's the same on, on your player's side, where if if that player is going, like their eyes, their, their eyes are getting wide at every word, they're leaning forward, that kind of stuff. That feeds you when you want to build more into it as opposed to, oh, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. Um, and can I, uh, can I seduce him or something? I mean, I want to, can I pickpocket the king? Is that possible? Um, yeah. Um, okay. That's my turn. Go. See, there's a, there's like a, I think it's called the principle of reciprocation. Like when you sneeze and people say, bless you yeah. or, you know, hello, hey, you know, they're, most people are provoked to a similar appropriate spot response. Yep. Like, and if you put that out there with that passion, like that principle of reciprocation, a lot of times will get you that same type of response, that same yeah. level of, of passion. But if you're putting it out there deadpan, that's what you're going to get back. There, there's actually a social experiment I've seen done where you go to into a city area, specifically like during a very active part of the day. And now folks, please don't actually do this. This was done in a kind of a controlled setting. They they alerted law enforcement before, and the social experiment was they looked up at a building, pointed upward, and just went, oh, my God, and turned and walked away. And just that one motion, that one sort of inflection, that one uh, emotion they gave off, like 30 people would suddenly turn in fear and start looking up at the top of this building. It's, it's that whole thing of we as humans were social creatures. We will, like I said, we will reciprocate. We'll give back what we're taking in. Yep. And if you're giving out high energy and excitement and fun, and that's what they're taking in, that's what we're going to feed back. It's just, it's a constant loop. You keep things going and moving. One of the things that I did one time uh, to completely unprompted, like uh, I was watching a friend's uh, stream. They were streaming a video game and I was just hanging out and chat and, you know, conversing back and forth. And they were like, you know, I, I, it feels good too when you're noticed by by uh, someone that's streaming and they're they're popular and they go, oh, hey, well, what are you doing? Like actually directing yeah. to you when they mention you by name. So I was like, okay, just type in chat and you see them look and they go, oh, I was like, I'm working on game notes and they goes, well, what kind of game? I was like, got him. <laughs> so I just went out, went out, uh, went through the kind of like a little a nice summarization. Like, okay, he's a video gamer, so I know how to how to how to ask. Like, uh, do you like Viking stuff? And he's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. If you played Bloodborne, he goes, oh yeah, I love Bloodborne. He goes, Vikings plus Bloodborne. He goes, that sounds dope. <laughs> and I'm like, got him. The, the best, actually, somebody, because, you know, they mentioned, I mentioned Stigande. Well, you know, what is Stigande? I went, imagine Vikings meet Cthulhu. <laughs> Vikings plus Lovecraftian or cosmic horror. horror. Uh, <laughs> I also went, well, he uh, uh, kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> Thor meets Eldritch. That's kind of a, you know, we're 
But yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Eldrazi on Kaldheim there. There's that's for the magic players out there. God, that works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, and the, the whole thing is you want your players to be invested in the story. You want, and like you mentioned that, you know, cause I'll do it on, like if I'm doing a TikTok live. If I see somebody pop up, they'll join. I go, Hey, such and such. Thank you for joining us this evening. Yeah. And they'll go, wait, you, they'll like start engaging and talking and it's affirmation reward, affirmation reward, but don't ever go into somebody else's stream or thing and start talking about your own stuff because yes, it is yes, rude. That is that's true. true. Yeah. Do it if they ask. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, that's cause like a lot of times I know like with, uh, every time I see you pop in on my TikToks, I will always push to Gonda cause I love it so much. I want you guys to have just like, I, I try to pop in when you're painting because, uh, you know, I know other people will be there too and be okay. like, uh, what, what is he painting like now? Every time I see like with, with uh, Nicole and Night Rain, they pop up, I'll go, hey, go check out her cosplays. Great. Yeah. All this merchandise, that kind of stuff. Uh, which- a lot of times when you're painting, I'm working on notes. So <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm listening to the, the, the smooth tones of Moffat as he's painting while I'm typing away. I'll say every time I pop, I'm just start talking. Okay, so I'm going to take this red color here and I right, hit the mute button. <laughs> I'll let you get the view. I'll, I'll just mute you. <laughs> but but yes, very kind. <laughs> but yeah. So as we mentioned earlier, that the these three eyes: uh, investment, immersion, and interest. As I've now forgotten what the original eye was, we're going to go with the interest. Uh, there actually, it is. It is a cycle. One does lead to the other. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm over here trying to not to laugh at the fluid nature of our whole podcast today. It's like we had another eye. I don't remember what it is. We're doing this now. We're doing it live. We're professionals. No, we are. <laughs> when did that happen? Who told? No. When they put mics in front of us. <laughs> <sighs> Same thing as we have a best friend named Mike who's part of this, and I can't, that's why I just thought it's like he sat in front of them. Okay, <laughs> so but so it, it actually it is kind of and it's actually a, it is weird that you mentioned that because that one makes a cycle. Uh, investment will lead to immersion, which will lead to interest, which will lead to more investment, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what you want as a player and as as a game master. You want a a game where if you put your time and effort into it. You will be drawn into the world, which will then you will get more interested in the world, which will then want to put more time and effort into it. And it just keeps going in cycles. And it's one of those, I mean, it's as close to perpetual motion as you'll ever get in this world. You can actually apply that to other things in life yeah. too. Like, um, yeah, whatever. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> no, like, so like the principles of investment are absolutely applicable to every yes. part of your life. Like I, I'm, I've been around for a little while and like my wife and I, we kind of pick up strays. I'm not just talking about animals. <laughs> Hi, um, how you doing? <laughs> there, We have come into contact with a lot of people and, you know, help people deal with a lot of different issues. And, and I'm going to tell you what you invest in your life and the areas you invested in, that's where you're going to see returns and you're going to see them pretty proportionate to the level of investment you put in, like not just for games, that's for life. Yeah. And it, as someone who has, I'm going to kind of, as, as we've said, pull back the curtain here, folks, this time, a couple of years ago, I was just this nerdy kid enjoying D and D, you know, maybe running a game occasionally. And I met this group of weirdos who came to my local game shop for a magic, the gathering tournament was invited to come play commander out into a place where I thought was at the compound. At the compound. <laughs> if they offered me Kool-Aid, don't drink it. Uh, <laughs> we ran the shop out of the house until we got a building. Okay. 
And uh, the moment I, that has been one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. And I, you guys have pushed me and just facilitated so much that this whole idea of the Southern GM wouldn't exist without you guys. And I thank y'all so very much. Really. And truthfully, if it wasn't for James, this community would not exist. That's, yeah, that is, that's very true. I'm that glad is. y'all can't hear me cry on the podcast. <laughs> Well, it's true. We love you. Yeah. Love you guys too. Coming soon, video of playing with the <laughs> where you can indeed see me cry in HD. We, we don't have that kind of budget yet. <laughs> Calm down, sir. We're not ready to invest there yet. Watch us cry in 4K. <laughs> Watch us cry over buying a 4K camera. <laughs> uh, please support us <laughs> on that note. Yes, put, please. Put the socials in there now. Please become invested and immersed and interested <laughs> in our podcast. <laughs> Boom, full cycle right there, folks. Uh, oh, but oh God. <laughs> I think on that note, we will we will end in for today. Uh, our discussion on uh, on the, uh, the three uh, eyes. The three eyes. I, I, three I, out I. of the four eyes. The fourth we don't remember. <laughs> Lean forward, Buffett. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, the uh, investment, immersion, and interest in the tabletop role-playing game, uh, how to maintain it, how to to facilitate it. Uh, Thank you guys so very, very much for listening to the idiocy and just... Three old nerds just trying to make each other laugh. Thank you. Old? <laughs> okay, fine. Two of the three of us are old. It's me. I'm the old one. <laughs> He's both of them, yeah. <laughs> I'm both old people. And the secret eye. <laughs> I'm, I'm timeless. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah, that's all, folks. Uh, <laughs> With that, thank you all so very, very much for joining us today. Uh, as always, I am Kenneth Moffat, a.k.a. the Southern GM. And I am James from The Hive. I'm Elder Finn. Get me out of here, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so very, very much. Please, if you haven't, go check us out on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, check out thehiveatmacomb.com. Uh, later today's, uh, well, on Sundays at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time, Sagande fires up this amazing uh, role-play game that's full of immersion, interest, uh, uh, and uh, and investment, and the secret eye, whatever that is. If y'all discover it, let me know, please. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> it tastes like raspberry. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, please and go check out my uh, our TikToks. Check me out, the Southern GM. I'm also on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you haven't liked, follow, subscribe to us wherever you take your your role playing podcast. That we we cannot do this without you guys. Thank yeah. you so very very much. Uh, and as always, I want to end by saying, be good to each other. You only get one shot. Later, folks. <laughs> <laughs>